Hello, Christian singles. Welcome back to another podcast episode of Single Plus. Before we get into today's episode, I want to invite you to join the Christian Singles Hub. And if you are not following us, you can follow us on Instagram, you can follow us on Twitter. You can also go to our website, thechristiansingleshub.com. We also have a Facebook community with over 2,000 members. So if you are looking for godly community, you're looking for ways to meet new people as a single, then I encourage you to join the Christian Singles Hub. Plus there is an in-person retreat that is coming up in July. So not that much long of a wait, but there are only a few spots left. So go to the ChristianSinglesHub.com to learn more about it and we would love to have you. So let's get into today's episode. everyone welcome back to another podcast episode of single plus my name is daria white i am your host and today's episode is going to coincide with a upcoming blog post i'm noticing that my blog post that i write for an apple a day which is a part of the christian singles hub that is the blog there ran by the leader and founder michelle apples i'm finding that my podcast episodes and the blog posts have been in sync And sometimes when I'm not sure what to write for a blog post, yes, that happens. God will remind me of a sermon I I listen to or a podcast I listen to, or he'll just bring something to mind in that moment because I really am going based off of what he's leading me to say. So it's not like I have this whole plan out of what I'm going to be sharing. I literally just go with what he is leading me to do. So this particular episode deals with complaining. And again, you can read the blog post when it is posted this week. So make sure you follow the Christian Singles Hub on Instagram and on Twitter and all of our platforms. But I was listening to a sermon over the weekend and it was talking about complaining. And it really dug deep into it because sometimes as Christians, we think that we can't voice what we're feeling because we're told, you know, focus on God, you shouldn't be feeling that way. Or again, all this, all these, I guess, sayings that we grew up listening to and we feel like as Christians, we can't be honest about where we are. And I do believe that Jesus, along with therapy, is powerful. So if you are in counseling, there's no shame in that. I believe that God wants us to be whole all around. And that includes with your mental and emotional health as well. But I also know that his word come first. His, his word comes first and foremost. So if you're feeling something that doesn't align with his word, then that is something that you need to put in check. But the sermon was dealing with the Israelites. Now, if you've read the Bible or you're going through the Bible like me for another time, we're currently in Judges and we were The message, however, was dealing with Exodus and how the children of Israel were complaining to Moses and to God. They were grumbling and just saying, wouldn't it be better if we had died in Egypt? Why did you bring us out here to die? At least we had this in Egypt. At least we had that in Egypt. And, you know, this was going for us in Egypt. And it's one thing to complain. Like, I like how the sermon broke it down. So if you want to check it out, the sermon in its entirety is called Complaining is a Curse. And you can... Uh, check that out on Redefine TV. It's by um, Isaac Curry. He was speaking in place of their pastor, Pastor Jerry Flowers. So Isaac Curry was the guest speaker. But it 
some of the things that he was saying was really resonating because we don't think like this when it comes to singleness. But when you look at the story of the Israelites, the Bible says that when God heard those complaints and they were just going on and on and on, the Bible says that they made a, that it was like a course, like they were in harmony about this. They were in sync with this complaining against God, complaining against what was going on all around them and what their situation was. The Bible says that God responded and told them, for those of you that are 20 and older, you will die in this wilderness based off of your own words. The only exception to this is going to be Joshua and Caleb because they believed me. You did not. But everything that you said, you will die. And so their their demise was their own doing. And we know that a generation died out before they reached the promised land because of the complaints that they were just saying on a regular basis. And I think that that's the difference. It's one thing to complain about something because it's the situation at hand. But when you have a lifestyle of complaining and people know that whenever you come around, you're going to complain about something, you're going to say something negative about someone or something. That's the problem, I believe, because I used to think that I, I, I used to think as a Christian, I can't complain ever. You know, I'm supposed to find the good in every situation. You know, I'm supposed to, you know, always be hopeful of what God can do. And that's not wrong. But again, if I'm ignoring what's really going on and I'm suppressing what I'm feeling, then I'm not being honest with God and I'm not being honest with myself. So when it comes to singleness, God really brought it home when I was writing the blog post because a lot of us, not all, but some of us have made it a habit of complaining about our singleness. I'm never going to meet anyone. Everybody else is getting married. I guess I'm going to be the last one standing. And the and just the connotation is so negative. And I'm not saying that what you're feeling is not a legit feeling. There are so many Christian singles out here that feel lonely, that feel depressed. They long for companionship. They long just to share their life with someone. You want to, you know, spend your life with someone that's going to love you for you. You want to have children if that's your desire. You want a family. You want what everybody else is having. You know, you're seeing the posts on social media. So-and-so is getting married. This couple got engaged. Your best friend and their high school sweetheart, you know, they've been dating since they were kids and they got engaged and you're in all these weddings and we're in the summer months. So you know we got summer weddings going on and and you're seeing all of this and you feel left out whether you're a man or a woman listening and you're like when is this going to happen for me so it's one thing to bring that to the lord and say god i don't understand like why am i still single why haven't i met my person why haven't i met someone that i can spend the rest of my life with what is going on or let's say you have been in a relationship before and it didn't work out you're like god but you know why didn't that work out you know i put my heart and my soul into this relationship i gave my all and the person still left me or the person still rejected me the person didn't care or they used me they manipulated me they ghosted me you know it's like it's like god why so i do believe it is important to cast our cares on god and be honest about what's happening in the moment but if it's becoming a habit for you that every time the subject comes up that you're complaining about it, I think that's where we need to check ourselves. And not just with dating, but with every other situation in our lives. If this is a lifestyle of complaining, again, where everybody knows, like, yeah, when they walk in the room, they're going to talk about such and such. If that's what's being associated with you, and if you're being convicted, even as you're listening to this, I've been convicted myself. Again, not just with, you know, the subject of dating or singleness, but with other areas of my life that I find myself, every time the subject comes up, I'm always saying the negative or it's always stuck in the past as if God can't change it now. You know, it's like we think that, well, it's been this way for so long, you know, there's no hope for it. But 
we serve a God that can change things in an instant. Yes, some things take time, but we also serve a God who does things suddenly and immediately. Look it up. Those words are in the Bible, suddenly like, and suddenly. But if it takes longer than that, then we want to question. Now, again, please be honest with God. Be honest with God. I believe that you can tell God anything, the good, the bad, the ugly, what you're angry about. Tell him if you're angry with him. God, I'm disappointed that you did not bring me my spouse in the timeline that I thought that you would. Tell him that. Trust me, he would rather hear that from you than for you to suppress it and keep it to yourself, thinking that you're doing him a favor by not being honest. But he already knows what you're thinking, so you might as well just go ahead and say it. Just say it. God, I'm angry. God, I'm frustrated. God, I'm tired. God, I'm fed up with dating apps. God, I hate that I keep getting ghosted. God, I hate that I keep attracting the same type of person and they don't want to commit or they're emotionally unavailable. God, express that to him. Be honest with where you are. But here's the thing. And I give this example in the blog post. I give the example of two singles. Uh, Single A, you know, all they do is complain. But single B... This is the person that's like, you know what, Lord, I don't understand why you still have me in this singleness season, but I'm going to choose. That's the thing. We all have a choice, you all. I'm going to choose to still trust you and your plan for my life. You've brought me this far. You've blessed me. You've protected me. You've kept me here when so many lives have been lost, whether it was to sickness, disease, uh, just senseless acts of violence and, you know, just random killings, God, you, you preserved me and you've kept me here. So I don't know what it is you have planned for my life, but God help me to trust you. Even when I don't understand, even when I can't see it, help me, help me in this moment, help me in this moment of frustration, God, help me in this moment of anger, help me in this moment, God, I don't want to be bitter. I don't want to be jaded. I don't want to be mistrustful of you because you always come through for me. Even if it looks different than what I thought, God, you always come through. I've never been left shortchanged with you. It may have looked like it. The enemy may have lied to me and said that it was, or I may have felt it with my own emotions. But God, you've never left me behind. And I think that's the difference. It's like, yes, say it, but turn it around too. We still have a choice. Believe it or not, your feelings do not have to rule your life. You may feel frustrated, but what's your choice? You may feel annoyed and rejected, but what's your choice? You may feel like nothing's happening for you, but what are you going to do? What's your choice? Are are, are you going to sit there or are you going to keep putting one foot in front of the other? And sometimes that's all we can do. Just keep putting one foot in front of the other, but do not give up on God thinking this is a lost cause. I should have just lived wild. I should have just been out in the world. At least I would have had more fun. No. No, no, that is a lie. That is a lie. That is a lie. Serving Jesus. I've said this before, but I'll say it again. Serving God with everything that you have is never wasted. I don't care what the world says. I don't care what so-called friends say. I don't care if it's in your family and they're telling you, okay, like you're really going all out for this Jesus thing. It doesn't take all that. But for you, it probably does. Because there's a calling on your life. You know that God is calling you higher with him. You know that God is calling you deeper. So you can't live any kind of way. And when that type of anointing and calling is on your life, not anybody can just be with you. 
I've learned that about myself. It's like, okay, God, I'm seeing what you're doing in me. I'm seeing the things that you're giving me favor with and the rooms that you're putting me in, the people that you're allowing me to meet. You're putting my names in rooms, God, that I've never even been in, but they're contacting me. It's like, God, you've put your hand on me. So I can't be with just anybody. Think about it. Let's, let's seriously, let's turn this thing around. Instead of saying, I'm never going to meet anyone. What if it's more like, okay, God, you must have something awesome for me because you have kept me from a lot of mediocrity. You kept me from a lot of shallow relationships. Something good must be coming because it's taken this long and Lord, it's only going to be that much more worth the wait when it does arrive. So I hear your heart. I hear your frustration. I know it's painful. Some of us cry ourselves to sleep at night because we're tired of being alone in the house. Some of us, you know, hate Valentine's Day because it reminds us of what we don't have. Some of us, Christmas is a sore spot because sometimes Christmas has a romantic feel to it. And we see the Christmas movies and all these love stories around us on television and movies. And we're like, this is a sore spot for me. So I'm not here to tell you to get over it. You know me, I'll, I'll never, ever, ever say that. But what I am saying is that if you truly believe that Jesus Christ is the son of God, you believe that he died and rose for you. If you believe he is our soon coming king, believe and you believe his word. If you can trust him for every other area of your life, trust him with your love life. God wants glory out of all of our lives, including your love life. And even now I'm reminded of the story of Job. And there was a contemporary story written around the story of Job. I think the movie came out, I think in 2015, it wasn't in movie theaters where everybody heard about it, but there was a writer that took the story of Job and she wrote it in a contemporary version and it's called To Hell and Back. So if you want to watch it, find it, look it up, get it on DVD, I highly recommend the movie because it definitely does give a contemporary uh, version into the story of Job from the Bible. But getting close to the end, as we know, in the story of Job, how his friends came to him and they're like, you must have done something, Job. Seriously, like God obviously has something against you because you lost your kids. You lost all your fortune. You know, you got bulls on you. I mean, seriously, what have you done? And Job's like, I've done nothing. I've done nothing. But in the movie, as they're doing that conversation in the movie, um, Fortunately, he didn't lose all of his children in the movie. So spoiler alert, not really a spoiler alert, but I'm not telling the whole movie. But in the movie, one of Job's children is there with him and he's listening to his father's friends. But the son, who everybody thought in the movie is not paying attention in church, you know, he only cares about himself. The word got into him and he looked at his father and he was like, Dad, is it possible that God is letting you go through all of this so that his glory can be revealed? And Job's character is so shocked. In the movie, they call him Joe. But he was so shocked, like, wow, like, you were really listening to me. So in that moment, he was like, Dad, what if this, what if this is for God's glory to be revealed? And he gave the example of the, of the blind man. And the disciples were like, why was this man born blind? You know, did he do something? And Jesus was like, no, nothing. He didn't do anything wrong. Some of us think that because we're still single at, you know, 30, 40, 50 plus, I, I must have done something wrong. And no, that's sometimes that's not the case. I'm not saying that there aren't consequences for poor decisions. But if you've asked God to forgive you, he's forgiving you. He's not holding that over your head. But there are circumstances in our lives that God allows so that his glory can be revealed. And that takes a lot of maturity. That takes a lot of maturity to accept that. Because like, really, God? 
<laughs> You're using this area of my life to get glory. But trust me, when he does bring the blessing into your life, whether it's a spouse or whatever it is you've been waiting for and praying for. It will not be denied that God did this thing. God did this thing. And when it comes to singleness and dating and marriage, I've seen plenty of stories of couples and either the guy said it or the girl said it. But they're like, God brought this relationship together. There was no way I would have met this person. Like things lined up so well. I was like, this has to be God. And the whole point of marriage is for it to be a reflection of Jesus Christ and his church so that people in this sick, twisted world see the picture of the gospel. And if that image is distorted, and that's what the enemy wants. He wants that picture distorted. He's been distorting it, causing rifts in marriage, causing the divorce rate to be as high as it is. He wants to break up the foundation. He wants to break up the family so that children grow up in that brokenness and then they lead a new generation of brokenness. So the enemy is very strategic with this thing. It's not just about you being by yourself. The enemy is after the home. He's after, he, he's, he's after kingdom relationships. So if you've been called to marriage, if you believe that that, that that is a true desire of your heart, be prepared for the attacks. Even now in singleness, you're getting weary in the dating world. You're thinking maybe I should just settle. Maybe I should just, and maybe I should just compromise. That's the enemy right there. That's his strategy to get you so tired, to get you so worn out that you'll give in, that you'll give up. That you're thinking, yeah, this is just a lost cause. I tried it God's way and it didn't work, so I'm just going to do what I want to do. I'm grown anyway, and I'm under grace, so God forgives. No, 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 don't live like that. Don't live like that at all. I don't understand everything that God does. If we did, we wouldn't need him. But what I do know is that he is sovereign. What I do know is he can turn all things to work together for our good, even in even the things that we think are so terrible and heart wrenching. But we live in a world that unfortunately heart wrenching things happen because of sin. But because of Jesus, he overcame the world and we can walk in that victory, even when it looks like everything bad is going on around us. So watch your conversation in this season. Is it possible I'm not saying it is. I'm not saying it is happening to you. But is it possible that certain blessings in your life have been delayed because we have a lifestyle and a language of complaining? Is it possible? It's definitely convicting to me. And I hope that it touches your heart because, again, we don't think about it. We just say things and we don't even think of what we're saying. But life and death is in the power of the tongue. So instead of saying I'm always going to be alone, why not say God has something incredible for me? God has something incredible for me. Instead of saying everybody else is getting married, why not say, you know what? This is beautiful to see. Couples getting married, God's still bringing people together. And if he can do that for them, surely he can do that for me. So I'm going to keep trusting him. It reminds me of the sermon Faith Talk with Pastor Michael Todd. It's like, what, what are you repeating? If you're repeating the negative, then that's what's playing over constantly in your mind. But I encourage you to switch it up and start repeating the word. Start repeating what you want to happen. Start repeating that. Believe God. We're either going to believe him or we, or, or, or we don't. There's no gray area. There's no in between. You either live for God or you don't. So do you believe him for this? 
because he is taking care of you believing or believe it or not he is taking care of you maybe that last relationship didn't work out because god already saw five years from now down the road that this wasn't gonna be the best thing for you and he stopped it now you thought they ghosted you but god blocked it you took it as rejection god saw it no this is me protecting you from a toxic relationship that's going to break you down and it's going to put you in counseling for three years can we thank god for the stuff that he said no to we thank god when he says yes but can we also thank god for when he says no and trust that he's just protecting us as our heavenly father so i hope that resonated with you today it definitely blessed me it's definitely challenged me so it's something that i am definitely working on so i'm not here to say that i have achieved it we're all a work in progress and as we trust jesus we can do anything so lord thank you for those that are listening right now father forgive us if we've developed a lifestyle of complaining whether it was in relationships or any other area of our life but father particularly for those of us who are desiring a relationship and desire a marriage father sometimes we may not realize that we may find ourselves complaining we, we may think that we're venting in a social media post we may think that we're just talking you know our everyday conversation with our friends or family but father we don't realize what we're saying and is it possible lord that we are delaying blessings is it possible lord that we are you know robbing ourselves of the time that we could spend on praising you and being grateful to you but we've bought into what the enemy wants us to say and the whispers i say yeah you're never gonna get married yes you're never gonna and, and we buy into a god and i'm not saying that it's easy lord please bring comfort to those father whose hearts are weary in this season of singleness who feel like it's a prison who feel like i'm tired of being in here when am i ever going to get out but father i pray that we would just shift our focus back to you because if we're so focused on what we don't have, Father, we fail to see what you are doing in our lives. If we're so focused on what we want, then we're not focused on you. And anything, Father, that comes before you is an idol. So, Father, forgive us if we've made a relationship or a marriage an idol. Thinking, if I could just have this, I'll be happy. But, Father, only you can satisfy only you, Father, know how to fill every single part of us, the inner depths, Father, of our soul, Father, in our spirit. Only you and your presence can fill that, that void, God. So, Father, forgive us for wanting to replace you with a person. It's beautiful. Marriage is absolutely beautiful, God. It is wonderful. It is a beautiful picture of Jesus Christ in the church. But, Father, if we're putting that before you, forgive us. Our spouse cannot save us. Our children, if we desire them, they cannot save us. As, as much as we may love them, they cannot save us. Father, I pray that we would realize that even if no one else in this world loves us, that that won't matter because we are fully loved by you. Fully, completely loved by you. Flaws and all. Mistakes and all. We are completely, Father, let somebody experience your love right now all over again. If they've never encountered your love, Father, I pray that they would encounter it right now. They are fully and completely loved by you, Jesus. You chose them first. You knew them in their mother's womb. You love them, whether it's a man listening or a woman listening. They are completely loved by you. And anything outside of that, Father, that tries to taint that, we don't want it. We want you. So I pray that we would put you first and foremost back in our lives. If we have been led astray, if we got off track, we can get right back on track today. Forgive us, God. 
Forgive us for the conversations that we have had that were just dripping in complaints. Now, yes, we want to be honest with you, but we don't want it to be a lifestyle where everything that we say is wrapped up in complaints and negativity and always looking for the worst case scenario. Forgive us, God. Forgive us. Help us to trust you with everything. Even the places, Father, that we are not sure how you're going to work out. Help us to trust you. And Father, I thank you that you are putting people together. Thank you for the weddings. Thank you for the engagements, God. Thank you that you are still bringing godly men and godly women together in holy matrimony. And I thank you, God, that though the enemy is attacking marriage and he's attacking the home, I thank you, God, that there are marriages that have stood those attacks, that they have clung tight to each other, and they have been beautiful examples for us to look up to, not to follow, not to mimic, but Father, just beautiful examples of, yes, marriages can last. Yes, marriages like this still do exist. Yes, when you put God in the center of it and both spouses are pursuing the Lord, they bring, they're able to come that much closer together. So I thank you that you're doing that right now. In Jesus' name, we thank you. Amen. If you're not following us on Instagram, you can follow at mysingleplus. You can also follow our blog, mysingleplus.com. And you can check out this, um, the upcoming blog, um, Are You Complaining? So if you liked the episode, I think you'll like the blog post as well. So you all stay safe out there. Thank you again for listening. If you're not following the podcast, go ahead and give it, uh, go ahead and give it um, a follow. So. Thank you all. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. God bless. I will talk to you all next time. Bye.